Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be good today. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Well, I don't know if it was the, the coffee or if I don't know if maybe uh, Reverend Crystal brought something in with her or maybe you all brought it in with you, but boy, there's some good stuff in here today to be had. Amen? Praise the Lord. I just sense the Spirit of God. You know, there's times, of course, we know that God's with us all the time, but it's really great when you sense it. Amen? It's really good when you, when you can partake of that and you can feel it. It's always a good, good place to be. Amen? And I do, you know, as, uh, as the Lord was showing me, I do believe that that, you know, in part comes through uh, as we assemble together, as we come together under that blanket uh, with a desire and a hunger for the things of God, that he, uh, he meets us in a different way, in a way that can only be had there. And so, you know, we need to understand that as Christians, because when we are inspiring or, or trying to help other people understand why they got to give up their Sunday mornings or their Saturday nights or, or their Tuesday nights or whatever night it is or ever, whatever morning it is, uh, we, have to, we, we should have a reason for that, amen? And, and, and one of the greatest reasons that we can ever present to people is, oh man, you just got to meet my father. You just got to meet my Jesus. You just got to see what God uh, God has done in my life. And once you start once you start knowing that, you know you 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 just won't ever uh, you you won't ever want anything else. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so Sunday mornings, instead of becoming a chore to wake up, become a blessing to to get to. Amen. It becomes something to shoot for for the week. How many times? I, I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many times throughout my life that I've just I just man, I just can't wait to get there on Sunday. I just I just need you know the week is hard. The things come against us. Amen. And, and sometimes even as a pastor, you know, just because I have a, a pastor title on my name doesn't mean that I'm exempt from problems. In fact, uh, it means that I get to be, get to live them out right there with you. Amen. Yeah. Only I'm not allowed to fail because if I fail, then, you know, that just doesn't look really good. Amen. And so, so I, I, I know that I, I, I'm not allowed to. Amen. But only by his grace do I, uh, do I not fail. Uh, one of the things I've learned is that it's never by what I've done, never by what I can do. Even on my best week, I'm still not good enough to be, uh, uh, to be worthy of what uh, Jesus did for me. But praise the Lord. I don't need to be worthy because Jesus did it even when I wasn't worthy, even, when, even though I wasn't worthy, and he did it for you as well. And so that's what we get to walk in. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm just so thankful for this local church uh, that God has given us to, to partake of, you know, just not just as one that we get to pastor, but as one that we get to partake of and, and enjoy, amen? Because God loves us, praise the Lord, and he loves us where he plants us. Glory to God. He shows us that through where he plants us. Well, today's uh, message, uh, as I, I think we told you on, on Tuesday that I, I got Tuesday, uh, Tuesday's message and in, 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 uh, Sunday's message, but it is changing a little bit, but it's good nonetheless, amen. Uh, today's message is called Effective Christian Living. Amen. And, and uh, you know, it really, this, this is really something that really is, it, it was important to me uh, to, to get out. Now, um, if you were in last night's service, uh, you'll, you'll notice that there's going to be a lot of similarities, and that's, that's the way that the Lord has changed it. I woke up this morning not having, uh, or I went to bed not having complete direction on this morning. I had some stuff. I had a base. But, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you got to build on the base, and that's what the Lord did as I woke up this morning and brought me into some of these other things. And so I'm excited for it. But I also got Tuesday's message, which, by the way, I didn't want to even have. I didn't want to have a Tuesday service. I told my wife, I said, when I have a Tuesday. And so I said, uh, I woke up this morning, I said, well, I got Tuesday's message today as well. And she's like, oh, we're having Tuesday's message. She kind of probably knew that anyway. Say amen. But you know, sometimes that's just the way the attack, sometimes the attack will just come and you just don't want to do it. You don't want to have church, but, but you do it anyways and trust God. Amen. Because that's what we're doing. We're trusting God. Hallelujah. 
We're not doing it by our ability. Oh, praise Lord. You just got to be thankful that, that, that I don't do things according to my flesh, but I try to do them according to the Spirit. Because if I did them according to the flesh, well, none of us would be sitting here this morning. Amen? This would probably be some kind of home goods store or something like that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Or <laughs> What? No. <laughs> We'd be at a home goods store. Oh, this would be a good home goods store. Yeah. In case you didn't know, before we came here, this was a home goods store, and it was a gas station. It was many things, but amen. I don't know. They're having their own kind of <laughs> get together today. Sound like Doug wanted to be part of that too, but uh, <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Praise. You know, some, some churches, while they're having the, the regular service, they have the children's service out back. And I'm not saying it's like the children's service. I didn't say that. Now you got to let me finish. Doug, don't you. See, I got this. Don't get me in trouble here, Doug. Praise God. Hallelujah. But maybe they need to go have their own services. Woo. Effective Christian living. Amen. Uh, effective Christian living is born out of revelation. Amen. It's born out of revelation. That's where effective Christ, Christian living came. I was raised a Christian. I was raised to believe in, in Jesus as the Son of God in this Bible and, and even went to church once in a while. And, but I wasn't a very effective Christian in my life. And what I, what I learned is that it comes through revelation, revelation of the Word of God. Amen? But we have to understand what revelation is because I, I've seen too often, too much, uh, uh, that, 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 that people think revelation is whatever kind of idea that they have in the moment, amen? That they, they get excited about something and, oh, this must be revelation. But, and, and, and there was a time where I would have accepted that, where anybody that I, I just kind of trusted that it would be, revel, that whatever their revelation is, was good. But you know, there was this place in the Bible that talks about this group of people that were called the Bereans. And these Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians. And if you don't know who they were, the Thessalonians were just less noble people than the Bereans. Amen. But the, the, the Thessalonians, uh, they, the Bereans were more noble because they did something. And what the Bible says they did was very important. It says they searched the scriptures daily to see if the things that were being preached to them were actually the word of God. I love that, and that really is, that, that knowledge of those scriptures has changed my life, amen? And so I want to understand Revelation. You know, we talk about Revelation, of course, we have a book of Revelation, and we talk about Revelation many times in our circles. We need to understand what Revelation is. We shouldn't come to church and not get Revelation. Revelation is something that we pray for often. In the beginning of service, you'll hear me pray that we have a spirit of wisdom and Revelation, and I have an inkling we're going to get into that scripture today. But we need to understand what Revelation truly is. Amen? Revelation is, is a revealing of truth. That's literally what Revelation is. It means, to literally, the, uh, tr in translation, it means the, the laying bare of something. And so I came up with a very good illustration of laying bare. Amen? And, and, and I found it on my phone. Now see, this is a place where, 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 um, where we have something up on, on, on the disciples, even a little bit on what Jesus had at the time. We have, we have phones, iPhones or Androids, but we have some way of, uh, of, of taking these pictures. You know, I wish we had these when our kids, uh, our older kids were younger. And even when I was, you know, 
a little bit younger and stuff. Well, probably it's good that we didn't have uh, uh, the ability to take pictures <laughs> everywhere because the few pictures that exist are very interesting. I could show you some. I probably won't. That is not what we're putting up on the screen today. But um, so I have this illustration, not quite, but you guys back there, I can see they're ready because they've been instructed well. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So Lane Bear, and really to understand this, I started thinking of my dog, Cassie. Now I talk about Cassie. Some of you have met her. I don't know if all of you have. So I brought a few pictures of Cassie to show you an example, okay? And this, uh, the first picture we're going to show you is, is what a lot, of people, uh, a lot of people think of themselves. Go ahead and pull that one up. Praise the Lord. There's Cassie. <laughs> And, and, and now you can't, you can't really tell because, the now see, that is a freshly mowed lawn. So in case you're wondering how big this dog is, it isn't that she's in really tall, in really tall grass. That just means that that's how, how small she is. No, it, it wasn't freshly mowed. It was by her field. But uh, she is this little dog. But if, you can't tell because her hair is long too. But her, her, her foot is kind of cocked back a little bit. She's all in a stance. She's at, on a hunt. She's after something. Amen. She, think, she thinks she's a lot bigger than what she is. Now, um, in reality, though, when you approach Cassie, she has generally a different reaction. Now, see, this is, this is the wolf coming out in her. You know, all dogs <laughs> descended by wolves from wolves. And this is, so the second picture is going to give you an indication uh, of laying bare. And this is really what it is. And go ahead and show that one. There we go. There's, there, there's Cassie. She's on my pants. Your pants or my pants? Those are my pants, I think. This is right next to my, I took this this morning. Because this is... This is what Cassie does. You know, see, I always drop my drawers right by the, the side of the bed in case you, you needed to know that. Um, they eventually do make it into the hamper, but you know, when I'm going to bed, that's where I'm entering, and, and especially if it's cold evening. But Cassie, I actually, I do put them on the floor. Cassie likes to wear my pants, too. Sometimes it can be said that she thinks she wears the pants, but uh, like in the other picture. But see, you notice that, and when, as soon as I read that, laying bare, the, what I instantly thought of, I wish I had a pointer, I wish I had my, my tickle stick, maybe I'll just use the guitar here. But the, this, this, this bare area in here, if you notice it, that, that, that is, uh, that, that's, that's what I thought of, that's going to fall. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what I thought of when I thought of laying bare. It's, it's open, it's wide open, you know, that, it, that, that it, you, and really what she's doing there is when you approach her, she, she immediately rolls over on her belly. If she's not afraid, if she's afraid, then she'd probably pee, but uh, she'll roll over on her belly and she exposes her belly. And this is a sign, this is something dogs do that when they trust you, it's a sign of submission and stuff like that. But this is what, this is what uh, revelation really is. Revelation is, you know, despite uh, what what we think we know, despite who we think we are, uh, revelation is that laying bare of things. It's opening things up to we, so we can see the truth of what it really is. See, this reveals what the dog really is. This reveals her disposition. And so revelation does the same thing for us as we have revelation working in us, as we have revelation, as God uh, is trying to get things over to us. One of the things, you know, Hebrews uh, 4.12 a really precious verse to me, and I've, I've kind of not always seen it uh, uh, correctly, but really, that's what that scripture talks about, is that Hebrews 4.12, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, amen, that the word of God opens us up to that, and so it, it reveals in us the things that are wrong, and it reveals us, uh, to us the things that are right. In fact, going on in uh, Ephesians, or 
Hebrews 4.13, it actually says, it talks about laying bare, and it says that there uh, openly, and, the, and what it means there is it really is in reference to the sacrifice, so when they would pull the animal's head back, and I know that gets a little graphic, but it would open this all up, and you can imagine if you're going to sacrifice pulling that animal's head back, what, I'm not going to get into graphic details of what they do, but it's an exposing, it's, it's a revealing of, of, of all the, uh, the weaknesses, all the things that are, 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 are not working, or or not right, or in that case, of course, the, the weaknesses to where they're going to do their deed. But, amen. But th this is what the Word of God does for us. And so we have to understand this. And I'm going to share something with you that I shared with the people last night. <coughs> Excuse me, that this is exactly where this message is born out of. This, this message, this entire message was born in a moment of inspiration. It was a born in a moment of revelation. Inspiration and revelation are really the same things. In fact, prophecy a lot of times is inspired, well, what it really literally means is inspired utterance, which is also revelation, amen? But I've been saying this for a long time, and I believe it to be utterly true, is that um, revelation that isn't based in truth is not true revelation of God. Because God's revelation has to be based in truth. His truth, not our truth, not your truth, not, not, not uh, somebody's idea of what truth is. It's in God's truth. Amen? And so the more that we know God, the more that we walk with Him, the more that we're going to understand, and the more that He can reveal to us. Amen? And this is one of the reasons why we come together, to hear from the Word and learn from the Word, no matter where we're at, where, where we're at because doesn't God know more than we do? Amen? And so even if you've been a Christian for 80 years... God still knows more than you. So it means he still has something he can reveal to you. Praise the Lord. So this, moment, this message was born out of a moment of revelation. And there's a couple things that the Lord shared with me, and I'm going to deliver to you as I delivered to Corey last night. Um, th and this is similar, but it's important for us to understand. There's a couple things that, that, that God uh, wanted me to share with you. Before I get to that, revelation of spending, the revelation came after I spent a period of time in God's Word and studying God's Word. Amen. Getting into it, breaking it apart, reading what, what scholars said about it, under, getting to understand the, the little bits, reading a book on the, on the things of God and, and getting to understand these things. That was when revelation started coming up out of me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so there's a couple of things I want to share with you. Number one, time learning to know him is never wasted time. And so as much time as you take to learn and know God, Whatever it is, as much as you give yourself to, God is going to fill you with it. He's going, to, he's going to do something in you. It's never wasted time. And so even if you're like, man, I only got a minute, that's better than not taking any at all. You know what was precious to me as we walked into the church, and I love this is an example of, of, of people using their giftings and just uh, following the Spirit. As we walked into the church today, Jess was handing out these, these little scriptures. Right? Did you notice anyone notice that? You get, you probably everybody got one. And I think they're stickers, aren't they? They're little stickers, amen. And, you know, typically uh, th that wasn't something that we told her to do. That wasn't something that, uh, you know, she's on the, the, on the, on the greeting team, as, as we call it, I guess, the, the, the uh, hospitality team. And so she's there to greet people as they come in. And that's one of the reasons why she is, is put there, because she wasn't given the instruction to do that. It was just on her heart. Yeah. That's precious to me. What was she doing? She was handing out, was she, what, four scriptures, the word of God on it? That's awesome. See, that, that, that kind of thing is the kind of places, that, yeah, there it is. Is it five? Five, praise the Lord. I counted wrong. 
color-coded, amen? Um, and, and, you know, stuff like that is just precious to me. And, you know, we have people that do things uh, like that or whatever to follow the heart. But the Word of God, there's never time spent, uh, time learning to know Him through His Word is never wasted time. And the other thing that God wanted me to deliver is don't be distracted, uh, don't let distraction rob you from His divine blessing. Because God's divine blessing is found in the truth of His Word. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> this is something that I've, I've realized. The only thing that robs me today, and I'm talking about me, but the only thing that robs my peace in this life, do you want to know what it is? It's man's religion. It's never God. Do you know, as I learn to spend time with God, as I learn to press into him, now, you know, there's things walking things out, and there, there's ways of learning to walk things out, but man's religion is the only thing that ever robs from me. Nothing else can, because everything else is based in faith. It's only when my faith in God is challenged by, by, by what somebody else has come up with. And, and this is what we have to understand about revelation. God's revelation will never rob from us. It only imparts to us. In fact, in, in Ephesians 4, it talks about, 4, 4 on verse 30, it talks about, um, praise the Lord, it talks about, uh, what does it talk about there? I mentioned it this morning, Ephesians 4.30. I just had a, a slip of the mind, amen? But that's okay. That's why we have reminders. Ephesians 4.30. Well, this is completely different than I thought it was going to be, but it says, no, in verse 29. Yeah, that's where I was going. Uh, pull up verse 29, amen? Praise the Lord. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. This is what God desires of us. And if God desires of us, what's to think? Why, why would we think that he would do less than that? No, the words, the things that God desires, he wants to edify, he wants to build us up, make us stronger. Now, that's not always going to be things that make us happy, but it are things that cause edification. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So the only thing that robs my peace is man's religion. It's nothing else. Amen? Nothing else can take it. And, as, and so we have to work really hard at not allowing that to be. And, of course, there's a walk uh, that that needs to, that needs to take us. Or it, we need to figure out how to walk that out is what I'm saying. Amen. Turn with me to uh, Matthew 5, 6. We're not going to spend a lot of time here because I do want to get into the, the other stuff. Um, but this is a good jumping off point. And this is something that is really, really important for us to understand. The scripture is very important to me. <clears throat> Should be important to you. It was important enough for Jesus to say it, so it shouldn't be important to all of us. Amen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. Now, when it says here, blessed are those, of course, the Bible says that we're blessed if this, right? But, um, you know, God's desire is that we all walk in blessing, but it says blessed are those who do something. Now, if, if Jesus was saying that we have to do something, evidently um, we can do it. Because he wouldn't say that, oh, I want you blessed, and you're, only, and you're blessed if you do this, but you have no ability to do this, so, so you're just going to have to walk, walk, you know, you're just going to have to deal without it. That, that would never be so. Hungering, thirsting is a choice that every Christian makes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a choice that we have to continue to make. It's a choice that we enter into and continue in all the days of our, of our lives if we choose to. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, the, um, the, the thing that I think is really interesting when you think about the life of Jesus is, is that he was supremely effective 
in everything that he did in such a short time. His ministry, we're told, only took, what, three to three and a half years or something like that. And so it was a relatively short amount of time. And I think, man, I can't even get anything done in, in 10 years sometimes, you know. But, but, but the Lord, he was so effective. And the reason he was so effective is because of Matthew 5, 6, because he hungered and thirsted for the righteousness of God. Amen. Now, of course, righteousness, we know, means right standing. It's, it's right before the Lord or what God deems is right, what he desires. Amen. But that hungering and thirsting, again, is it, and I saw it like this, and I, I shared it with, again, Corey last night. I'm going to share it with you real quickly this morning. But I, I saw it, it's like false, you know, not, not, I'm not equating it to false advertisement, but I'm equating it to why false advertisement is a thing. And I used the example when I was a kid, and I would go to McDonald's, you know, and I remember this, this very uh, this distinct moment where I was looking at the menu board, and I said to my grandma, I said, why does the food on the board not look like the food that we get and the reason is is because the food that you get you've already bought but the food that's on the board just they still want you to purchase yeah. and so they show you something that looks really good so you will hunger for it and want to buy it amen and what's interesting about that is even though we know how the food tastes how the food is that what you get is not what you saw we still go back. We still have cravings. And, you, you know, there's different ways they do that. You know, Disney World, they pump certain smells out into the, into the area so people smell certain things that make them hungry and want those things. Amen? And, 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 and we know that by uh, advertise, advertisement, false advertisement is about kind of stirring that on the inside of you, that hunger on the inside of you. And so that's exactly what I, I see when I think about this scripture is that we have to... We have to advertise it. We have to, we, we have to get, start getting stirred up. And the way that you do that is by meditating in God's word, meditating on his promises and the things. And what I mean by meditating, I mean think about them, talk about them, read them, talk about them with each other, uh, preach them, do whatever you got to do with them, but, but get them stirring in you, amen? Because it, and this is what I meant by don't be distracted by, uh, uh, away from your blessing because all kinds of things are going to rise up in life. They're going to be like, oh, you, know, you don't have time to get in the word this morning. You just, you're running late. Well, you have time to, to look at the, the, the scripture that just printed out on a, on a sticker for you. You can stick that somewhere. Kids, don't stick it anywhere where your parents wouldn't let you stick it. Amen. Ask your parents first if you stick it uh, somewhere. It was Ezra that uh, once was given stickers and decided to uh, decorate my car with them. And that, uh, as, as they say, is no bueno. Amen. That was no good. Hallelujah. Uh, um, but, but, but she, uh, you, you know, but, but you, know, you can put scriptures around you. You can keep scriptures at the forefront of your mind. You can do things that will stir that blessing. You can remind people of it uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the day. You can remind your spouse, your friends. We should make friends at church. Amen. That's kind of an important thing. And we should get together and talk about the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. It shouldn't just be at church. We should take these things and, and live this life. Yeah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm getting halfway through the day, but I'm not halfway through the message yet. So we, gotta, we just got to move on. Amen. Uh, uh, but, but hunger and thirsting, it's something that we stir and we can, we can get into. Amen. And, and, and if you can't think of it any way else, just think about the, the way that the, the world does it. Uh, they, they put it, they constantly put it before you. Now, the difference between the word of God and the McDonald's board is that the word of God doesn't lie. The McDonald's board will lie to you, but, the, uh, but, but, but ineffectively, but, but God's word never lies. So, so stir it and get hungry for it. Amen? 
Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Ephesians 1. And we are going to, uh, there's, again, if you were in last night's service, uh, I know most of you weren't, and so I'm not apologizing for that, but I'm just uh, saying this to, to keep you engaged as well, because we are going to a little bit more. We're actually going, uh, we're going to try to get all the way through the set of scriptures today, amen, which I didn't do last night. But that was a different message, and that was, this is for today, amen. So Ephesians 1, <clears throat> verse 2. It says here, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, on the surface, this could just look like a greeting, right? On the surface, this is just a, uh, you know, a friendly way of Paul is greeting people. But you know, it's scripture. And because it's scripture, it's not just a, a friendly greeting. There's more to it than that. It means something to us. There's reasons. Paul was led when he spoke. And, and the Holy Spirit uh, uh, led him to write these words down and has led people since then to, to preserve these words so that we could have them. And so we should take to heart these words. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we know that grace is, is God's ability that we don't have. Uh, I, I look at it as the power of God, you know. Uh, uh, the glory, go, glory is the, uh, it's kind of the trophy at the end of the power of God, if you want to look at it like that. So they're kind of like the, the power of God sandwich. But grace is the entrance into the power of God. That's the, the thing that you can't just drum up, you can't make happen. Amen. But we're talking about living effectively. And when I'm talking about living effectively, I'm not talking about like, oh, so we can go out and we can, we can raise people from the dead. Certainly if God wants us to do that, we should be able to do that. Amen? But that's not what our focus needs to be. We need to know how to live right. We need to live, learn how to live effectively as Christians. And the way that we do that is moment to moment. It's every single day. It's as you, you get up out of your bed and you look at your spouse and you want to say something wrong to them. Or it's as you go to work and you're just doing your thing, praise the Lord, as you're going to the gas station. See, we can live effectively as a Christian every moment of our lives. Amen? And that's what I want to do. Praise the Lord. But the word I'm going to focus on is peace. It says grace to you and peace from God our Father. Notice it comes from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace, uh, literally defined, uh, you know, there's a, a big definition for it, but we're taking this part of it. Um, of the Messiah's peace, the way that peace leads to salvation. Praise the Lord, the Messiah's peace. So it's obtained by him. And I would say in context, that's exactly what it's talking about here. Amen. Of Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. That's really important, and I want to read that again. The tranquil state, Christianity could be defined like this, and so is peace. The tranquil state of a soul, assured of the salvation through Christ. So the first thing we need to do is have assurance of our salvation. This is how it is. This is what we got. This is what I've received. And so this is what I am. It's very simple, right? We can be assured of our salvation just through the word of God. Uh, but going forward, it says, and so building on that, fearing nothing from God. We don't fear from God. There's no reason to fear from God. Now you say, wait a minute, doesn't the Bible say to fear God? Well, when it talks about fearing God, it's a righteous, or, uh, a righteous uh, um, what's the word? It's a reverence, thank you. It's a righteous reverence towards, towards God. It's, it's kind of low. if you had a good father, it would be like the way you look at your father. You respect and honor and reverence the things that he says and wants to do. Or the same thing with a mother, reverence, you know, um, 
And of course, reverence is something that's being attacked and destroyed in today's society. And so it's no wonder that people have a hard time with that. But so it's not talking about that fears. We should fear nothing from God, as, as we, but we should be content with our earthly lot, whatsoever that is. And I think that that's really important because as we understand that, we can understand that's where peace is found. It's formed when we're now. Listen, folks, being content with our earthly lot doesn't mean, well, I'm just, this is where I'm at and I'll never grow, I will never get anywhere, because that's not scripture either. Being content with your earthly lot means that whatever God has for you, you're okay with. Maybe you don't even know what it is, but I'm okay with it. See, I trust God enough to know that whatever he delivers to me will be a blessing to me. Now, you got to understand that there'll be times in life where there's going to be opposition. There's going to be times where God is going to allow the door to opposition to come into your life and it's going to, it's going to rock you a little bit. It's, it's going to try you. It's going to trouble you. And actually, if you want a little uh, sneak preview, we're going to be talking about that on Tuesday. It's going to be a wonderful message. I'm expecting it to be uh, praise the Lord on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about trials and, and what that means to us. Amen? Uh, but, but we have to understand that we can be content with God because regardless of what happens, we know that he's got good for us, that he's bringing us into some, something better. And of course, Ephesians, all it really gets into all of that, and so you do well to read it, amen? But it's that tranquil state of the soul assured of its salvation through Christ and fearing nothing from God, content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Uh, going on. Praise the Lord. And we're going to have to stop here too. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everyone say, has blessed. blessed. Glory to God. That's past tense, right? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, uh, I'm not smart enough to know this on my own. A lot of times when I look at Scripture, I look at really simple things in Scripture, and I think, what is that really saying? I want to know. I want to understand. And so I'm going to share with you. Uh, I study this out, glory to God, by people who are much smarter than me, much more knowledgeable than me. But uh, there are people that are well accepted as well in, 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 in the faith. Uh, you know, and you know that anything that is right um, will be accepted. Uh, how do I want to say this? I don't want to just say by the mass because you don't just trust the mass, right? right? The mass of the world is going to hell, so we're not going to trust them, right? right? But the mass of Christianity will have certain things that are accepted. For example, the Bible that we have, you know, primarily, for the most part, most Christian denominations do not argue over the validity and the canon of these scriptures. Now, there are some that add to them, add extra ones to them, and there's different reasons for that. But for the most part, people, at least on this much of it, is universal. People agree. And in fact, there are a good portion of this is even established in the Jewish tradition. Yeah. Amen? And so when we understand that, we understand that the mass of people of faith yeah. believe this. And so there's something that can, be, that can be had from it. Amen? Where we get into trouble is where people start having their own ideas of things. Well, this is my interpretation of that. Eh. This is how I see that. Eh. This is my revelation of that. Eh. This, is, this is all the places where people, uh, you, you know, where people fall into error. Yeah. Like you can, you, we, listen, I'm not saying that everybody agrees on every point. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. And that not everybody is going to. But what I am saying is that people who, who come up with some new, complete new way of going, it isn't correct. Right. Amen. And God did that purposefully. In fact, he showed us that through all of scripture. Amen? 
Um, but the word, uh, now these are important. We're going to get into these terms a little bit here. So this, this idea that he has blessed us, or again, as I said, the King Jimmy says, hath blessed, mm -hmm. if you read that. He has blessed us in the Greek text, referring merely to the fact of an action. The translation should read, the one who blessed. Now, if you're wondering who these type of scholars are, these scholars are the same ones who come up with the translations. The, 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 the debate, and not debate, but they, they discuss the different things and they translate it. So they're the same ones who bring, bring us the translation. So th that gives you the idea of the background of, of, of where these people come out of. Amen? So it means the one who blesses. us. And really, you can see that here if you read it, but, you know, sometimes we do need things... Uh, uh, we need help seeing it. The same Greek word for blessed is used, but in a different form. When we bless God, we praise him, speak well of him. When he blesses us, it is not that he speaks us good, but he does us good. Yeah. Our blessing is in word. His blessing is in deed. Amen? Amen. Our blessing is in word. So we bless the Father. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We worship you, Lord. And, and all the Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these things that you've done. However you bless him, you know, that's in word. You, can do any, you can't do anything for God. There's nothing you can give him that's going to bless him. You want to talk about people that are hard to shop for. <laughs> praise the Lord. When Christmas time comes around, you know what you do? You thank him. Because that's the only thing you can do. And that's all that he really wants. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, so, 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 you know, uh, yeah, so we bless him. But he blesses us. He doesn't just say, well, well, thank you. No, he pours out spiritual blessings to us. Amen. He confers blessings upon us. As one, one, one commentator said, in word and thought, we bless God because in deed and positive effect, he blesses us. And so because of what he's done for us, we always have reason to do for him. The, what we're called to do, amen? Now, the word spirit here, uh, when it says spiritual, that, when it's used in the New Testament, it always implies the working of the Holy Spirit, amen? And so the Holy Spirit is working things. He wants to work things. One of those things that the Holy Spirit works in you is revelation of the Word, amen. revelation of truth. Why? Because revelation is a revealing of God's truth as it pertains to your life. And this is exactly what God wants us. Christians should not walk around this world going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how. We're... Now, maybe you have a moment of weakness and you say that. I do that all the time. Amen? That's my wife. I do it all the time. But she knows the truth. Now, I don't know. We're not going to do Tuesday night. Then we get to it. Praise the Lord. Get to the time and the revelation comes and guess what? Oh, we're going to do it now. And see, you, you just, you got to be willing to go with God and just lay down you sometimes. Amen? Praise the Lord. But he's always working in us and through us. And so we could, we could read this scripture as saying, the one who blessed us by the Holy Spirit with blessings that come from heaven and are delivered to us. Amen? So the blessings come from heaven and they're delivered to us. Now, uh, we says this, and I love this. I'm going to share this with you. Uh, it is... It is that we saints, while still in the body on earth, are enjoying some, this, now hear what we're saying, some of the blessings which we will enjoy in heaven. We're not going to walk in the fullness of heaven on earth. Praise the Lord. We are to look for heaven on earth, but we're not going to walk in that while we're here. But we get to enjoy some of those blessings, aren't you glad, as we walk in this life. 
But see, there's, there, there, there's, there's something that's tied to all this because we're like, well, wait a minute. I know Christians that never walk in any blessing at all. They never have any good thing happen to them. Aha! But the scripture isn't over. The scripture, we're not done with it yet. What does it say at the end? There's two words there that are very important. Yeah. In Christ. Yeah. In Christ. Yeah. See, and we're going to get to this as we, well, we're going to get to this right now because I'm here. Amen? And, and you're coming with me, so we might as well go together. Amen? So I'm looking at this, and, and if you'll notice, and you'll notice as we read it further, if we read it further, which we might, praise the Lord, and I promise you we would, but we, I'm just telling you now I, I might have lied. But uh, we're, we're, as we read it further, one of the things you're going to notice through this section of scriptures is that the words in Christ are used an awful lot. Now, God, in context, is talking about blessing. He's talking about, uh, you know, that, that the first three chapters of, uh, of, of Ephesians really is, is about uh, what we get as being a Christian or what we can expect being a Christian. That's why Ephesians is such a wonderful book. The, 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 three, the last three uh, chapters are kind of how you walk that out. Amen. But the first three are what we get, what, what's been given to us in there. And, 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 and as we read it, you're going to see it's going to be, there's going to be a lot. And it's going to be powerful and you're going to want to go back and read it again, probably even tomorrow, maybe the day after, maybe even meditate on it and talk about it because the word is good and it will bless you. But you got to understand what it is. But there's, there's this phrase that's repeated over and over and over and that phrase is two simple words that, it mean, that, that say, in Christ. And in Christ means something. It's important to us. It's, it wouldn't be, like if it's there so much, it wouldn't be non-important, but it's there over and over and over. And so when we see these words in Christ, that should waken us to a fact that it's something that God really wants us to get. Yeah. Now, if he's given us every earthly blessing, and we want to be effective in that earthly blessing, right? Yeah. Don't you want to walk in? I mean, if I said I'm going to give you something that's going to bless you, now, maybe you don't know what blessing it is. Okay, so I'll, I'll just say it like this. Maybe I'm going to give you something that's going to make you real happy. It's going to fulfill your life. I'm going to give you things that are going to do good, and by them, you're going to do good. Amen? Yeah. If I said that to you, you'd say, well, yeah, I'll sign up for that. I want that. Amen? Yeah. Now, what we've never done when we've had uh, a, a fellowship, we've always put up sign-out sheets to sign up for things that you want to bring, yeah. but never for things that you want to eat. Because there's never a need to sign up for the things that you want to eat because when they're brought, you're just going to partake of them, right? Yeah. Right? When we have, a, when we have the, the buffet line out there and the brownies and the cookies and the, and the little chocolate peanut butter balls, dear Jesus, those are good. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we have those types of things and we get to partake of them, we, 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 you, you know, we don't sign up for that. We just go partake of it. Well, the same thing is, uh, same thing is here, praise God. We wanna we wanna get into the things that God has for us. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign up to hear it. Um, praise the Lord. In Christ, these are the blessings. Uh, they are blessings that are in Christ, not merely not merely through Christ. Those two words are very important. Yeah. They are the blessings that are in Christ, not merely blessings through Christ. The phrase expresses the supreme idea that fills the epistle of, to the Ephesians. Right? The divine blessing is found entirely, entirely, entirely in Christ. So that apart from him, it could have no relationship to us. No, no relation to us. It is ours 
by reason of our being in union with him. Amen. Salvation is not a blessing in Christ. It's a blessing through Christ. Salvation is given to us. It's something that, that, that we, uh, you, you can obtain whether you're walking it out perfectly or not. You can get saved by, by, by receiving what Jesus has done for you, right? Simple salvation. That's what it is. But how many of you have known somebody who's saved and yet doesn't ever seem to be blessed? See, there's a difference. The blessing, uh, the blessing of salvation isn't found in him. It's found through him. That's what it means when it says that it's apart from our works. We're saved apart from works. But the blessings in Christ are found in him. Okay? Praise the Lord. Uh, we are not guaranteed effectiveness through salvation. We are guaranteed effectiveness as we stay in Christ, in union with him. As we seek God out. You know, there was, I, I got saved when I was 14 years old. I went through absolute hell for the next 14 years of my life. And when I mean hell, I mean the worst kind of hell. Some of the things that, that I was in, some of the things that I did, some of those things were so awful and so vile that I, wouldn't, I can't even really speak publicly about some of the things. Some of the things I couldn't share because it would, it would hurt the ears of people. And if I went into details, some of the things that walked through, and the entire time I was saved. Yeah. The entire time I was a born-again Christian. The entire time, I, I, was, I was covered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. But I certainly didn't look like it yeah. in action. It certainly didn't look at it as I was living my life. When I, I saw a transition photo, it was just like a year or two before I started getting into the good stuff. Yeah. And I don't mean, I, I mean that, uh, you know, I'm joking about that, amen. But uh, I, I saw me when I was about 16 years old. I, had, I told my mom I wanted to see some pictures, and she had just pulled out a bunch of pictures, so we were going through them. And I saw one when I was about 16 years old, and I thought, you know, I was, I, I was, that was when I just started down a road where I was, I was really starting to embrace, uh, I was about to embrace some things that were really bad. And uh, when I was 16, uh, but I, I looked pretty clean cut. Yeah. I mean, Pretty, pretty clean cut. I, I, you know, you know I, I looked like a guy that you would not trust necessarily. You wouldn't have any reason. To, you wouldn't be afraid of me or anything. But then just a few years later, in that same stack of photos, or just a few years later, there was a picture of me. And I looked completely different. I looked completely, um, I, completely somebody that you wouldn't trust. Somebody that you might not want to talk to. Somebody who looked vastly different. And just in my appearance, just in my countenance, in the entire time I was still a born-again believer. If you had asked me in any of that time, I believed in Jesus with all my heart. I believed that Jesus died for my sins with all my heart. I never doubted that. But in that place, I had some of the worst horrific attacks. Some of the most demonic attacks that ever, that ever happened to me were in that place. And it wasn't just the things that I was doing. It was because I wasn't living in Christ. I didn't know what it meant to live in Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So... Now we're going to go into, so we understand this, that salvation comes through him, but effective Christian living is only found in him. This is why you'll see some people in the church excel and some people won't. 
Some people will grow so far and that's all they'll go because it's how much they... And that, that, that term, that idea of being in Christ means to, to live in union with him. In other words, you're communing with Jesus. You're having relationship with Jesus, a true relationship that you're building on. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now we're going to start reading in, 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 in uh, verses 4 through, I think, 20. But as we do this, I want you to, I want you to understand, because you're going to see some things here. You're going to see some, uh, uh, some terminology that makes it look like uh, that God has certain predestination. And some people believe this, that, that God is predestined some to be saved and some not to be saved. This, although there is an era of predestination about this, the predestination is not that type of predestination. You know what I mean by predestination? That God has determined already what was going to happen. The predestination is literally talking about what, what, what uh, God has provided for us ahead of time. He's already determined that this is, this is what they have. Amen? And so that's what we're going to see here as we go on from verse 4 on. Praise the Lord. Uh, just, yeah, verse 4 on. Just as he chose us in him, that's in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the, the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Again, speaking of Jesus. You notice this, this terminology or this phrasing keeps coming up, right? Praise the Lord. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. God's grace is rich. There, there's, there's value to it. There's great, uh, you know, to say God's grace is rich and yet it just got you saved and nothing else would be foolish. That's not rich. You know, you know, if I just, I, if I just barely had enough to pay for, or I, I had enough to pay for almost a full tank of gas, that's not rich. It might be a supply for the right now, but it's not considered rich. You, you look, people are rich. They don't even look at what the gas price is. They don't care. It just is what it is. They pay it, and they don't care what kind of vehicle they buy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the same thing is with Him. If it's just there, if it's just, uh, 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 if the grace is uh, the. Yeah, praise the Lord. If the richness is just uh, a little bit, just salvation, then it doesn't, I mean, it means a lot, but not as much as what God wants to happen. Praise the Lord. Uh, to the, pra where, where am I? Verse 6, verse 7. Uh, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, uh, which he lavished on us, look at this, in all wisdom and insight. Notice that God's, uh, his, this grace, this ability, is lavished on us, is, is, is extraordinarily poured out or powerful on us in wisdom and insight. That's interesting. You know what that is? It's called revelation. Revelation is also wisdom. Praise the Lord. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in, in the heavens and things on the earth in him. 
Now, in case I'm losing anybody, because I know that this is really wordy and you could take time, and, and, and sometimes you do need to take time and just read through it slowly. In case I'm losing you, just understand this. This is talking about extreme blessing. This is talking about the greatness of what God did. It's talking about the pouring out, the things that God, the doorways that he has opened to you. This is all wording. This is a super long word, like wording, that is all about like God's power and his magnificence is what he's, what he's done in our relationship to that. Amen? So this, at the very least, is opening a door for us to understand that God wants us blessed. Amen? Um, <clears throat> also, we have, uh, have obtained an inheritance. Now, I want you to remember this scripture. <clears throat> we have obtained an inheritance. Okay? Because... We're going to see this word again, and, but it's going to mean something different. And we're, we're going to get to that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. This is why the in him is so important, that we have to understand this. He has things for us to walk out. There's an inheritance. There's things for us to obtain. But see, so many of us are just, we're looking at life trying to figure out what we can get out of it. Right. Even from a standpoint that doesn't seem very selfish. Maybe, maybe right now you're needing healing in your body, right? Maybe you need something healed. It wouldn't be very selfish. It wouldn't seem very selfish for someone to want to be healed if they were sick, would it? But do you understand that we're, we're not supposed to be, our, our relationship to him is supposed to be one where we're not even looking for that. We're looking for him. Because in him is where it's found. Like, the, you, you think that your happiness will be found when you're over the sickness or when you have that supply or when you have that thing that you've been longing for. But see, that's the, the whole point to all of this, that it's only found. Happiness and true blessing is only found. There's one place it's found. It's not found in anything that you can discover on earth. It is only found in Jesus. Okay. Only in Christ. Yeah. And so our desire should never be after whatever. It should be after the thing we know, Him. It should be after him. That's where our desire is. Does that mean you can't desire anything? That's not what I'm talking about. You will certainly want things in life. There's nothing wrong with that. God did not create us to not want things. He put the want on the inside of you. The ability to want, God placed there. He doesn't want them to be the object of our focus. God said, you know, let me lavish on you. Let me pour out in your life. Let me do the things. But there are things that I have for you here. Don't go chasing everything because some of the things aren't what I have for you here. Yeah. You don't need to know all those things. All you need to know is what he has for you. And when he reveals those things to you, it makes it really easy. You know what else it does? It puts you in a place of peace that you can't get anywhere else. Because that, that's how, this is where contentment is found, is when we find our place, when we find our placement in him and not in the world. Not in the things of the world. Not in the moment. You know what God reminds me of? Every time I get frustrated with my leaders or every time I get frustrated with another Christian or every time I get frustrated with my church or whatever, he reminds me of him. He brings me back to that place. It's about him. Yeah. And you know what happens every time where I refocus back on him? Joy comes back. Peace comes back. I can rest. I can be okay. I suddenly don't care anymore. It's like all of a sudden the stuff I was worked up about, it doesn't work me up anymore. Right. What I what keep praying, one of, my, I know what one of my big prayers is for myself, Lord, help me to remember. Yeah. Just help me to remember. Right. Just help me to remember you. That's all I want. I don't, I don't want to do, I, I do, do this anymore. 
Because if you're like me, you'll, you'll get back in the race again and you'll start fighting and frustrating and getting mad and getting angry and, and just like, oh, I just, you know, and then all of a sudden you get to a place where you're like, oh, well, I can't do anything about it anyways. Yeah. And if you can't do anything about it anyways, then what are you trying to do? What are you doing by fighting it? I mean, it's foolishness, right? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I don't know where I'm at. Verse 11. Red 11, we're on to verse 12. Uh, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be uh, to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of the truth. Oh, the message of truth. I love the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation, having also believed. Notice that that part is in there. You, you had to listen to it. You had to recognize what it was. And then you had to believe it. Right? At that moment, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. Now, I know that this is referring to the fact that the Holy Spirit was promised. But I also like to think of it like this. And I don't think that this is a stretch. And if you do, well, we can go different, different paths on this part. Amen? But he's also the Holy Spirit that brings promise. He's the Holy Spirit that, that, that reveals promise, God's promise. Well, how can I back that up with Scripture? Easy. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that Jesus said to you. Yeah. Right? And so that's revealing promise to us. Yeah. Hallelujah. He is the Holy Spirit of promise, full of promise, that was promised. Glory to God. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. And we see this here again, right? This word inheritance who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, for that reason, do not cease to give thanks for you while making mention, to you, mention of you in my prayers." Okay, now this is important. We, we, verse 17, we, we, we read, or I, I even pray this every week, um, or most weeks, that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen? And so this is what, we, there's that revelation, that word again. Wisdom and revelation, notice how they're used together. Um, I pray, now... This is so important. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's revelation. You need to know. So that you will know. I said you need to know, and it says you need to know. What is the hope of his calling? So there's a ex certain expectation. There's a certain hope that's in his calling when he calls us to him. Praise the Lord. And what are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in the saints. Now we're going to pause there. Because I always thought, thought that this inheritance that it was talking about was ours. No, he's already talked about our inheritance. Yeah. This inheritance doesn't say our inheritance here. It says his inheritance. Yeah. Now, unless you want to, before you start throwing stones at me and say, oh, this guy's inheritance, he's got a inheritance. There's actually, and I've, I've done a quite, a, there's quite a bit of study on this, and I didn't come up with this on my own. I saw it through the knowledge of other people. But the Bible talks quite a lot about God's inheritance. God has an inheritance. 
A lot of people don't realize that. But it tells us what it is right here. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, when the Bible talks about saints, what's it's, what it's talking about is you and I. It's talking about believers. Praise the Lord. I know different religions look at it different ways, and that, that, that's fine, but, but that's what the saints is. Whenever it's referred to, it refers to as believers. Amen? In Scripture. I'm talking this is what Scripture says. But So this is very important for us to understand. The glory of his inheritance. And so the, the trophy, so to speak. I always think about glory if I want to explain, you know, it means light, it means brightness, it means, you know, shining, uh, all these things. But when you really uh, get to understand it, it's like the trophy. You know, a trophy is something that you put on a shelf and it's something that you shine and that you polish, you show off. There's something that you're proud of. That's what this is. That's what glory is, God's glory. But notice that God's glory, the riches of his glory, the, the vastness of it, the, the, most, the, the most precious part of it, the thing that's beautiful about his glory, uh, of, of his inheritance, the glory of his inheritance, I should say, is what happens in the saints. Yeah. Our lives, live for him, is, his, is in his inheritance. And it's his glory. God's glory is shown in us. And, and like this isn't something that's lost on us as we study scripture. I mean, this, this concept is over and over and over again. But how many Christians really are good trophies for God? I want to be a good trophy for the Lord. I want to be something that the Lord is proud to show off. Say, hey, did you see my son here? Look what he did. Yeah. Amen? That's what I want. But why? Because it means something to him. Amen? Uh, he has an inheritance in his people. We, we are his inheritance. We are the thing that are suppo supposed to bring the fullness of what he wants to do on the earth. He brings through the saints. He brings through his people. That's what God has done. I said God has done that. He's, this, this is why he, he says, okay, salvation gets you to me. Yeah. Right? Once you get to me, you can be in me. And once you're in me, then you can be something. You can do something. And I'm not saying be so, now no, I'm something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I, I really am something, ain't I? No, not like that. But we can do the thing. We can be the something that he destined us to be. The thing that he said ahead of time. And this is why our focus needs to be on him and the things that he has for us. Because when we're off chasing all the things that we want to come up with, when we're off chasing all the stuff, the, we're chasing a job or we're chasing money or we're chasing a new house or a spouse or kids or whatever we're chasing, when we're out chasing all this stuff, what we are is we're completely distracted from what he predestined and blessed and set, and set in motion and said, okay, here you go. This is, this is an absolute, absolute path. If you go this way, you can't fail. If you go this way, you will always stand strong. If you go this way, the devil can't touch you. Praise the Lord. If you go God's way. But see, so many Christians, they're not going God's way. They're, they're pulling back because they're, they're kind of getting mixed in with the world. They're seeing the things that the world has. And they're like, oh, I want that too. I want to do that too. Instead of, oh my gosh, my time's gone. <laughs> Amen. And I didn't even get all through the scriptures here. Praise the Lord. Why didn't you tell me my time was gone? Were you telling me? Oh, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is trying to get us somewhere. But it goes on to say this. And, is what, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe this? Right. That's what it means. So when we believe what he said, yeah. 
That's, that's what he's talking about here, amen? There's greatness of power. These are in accordance with the working of strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus bridged a gap to break us through into something that was marvelous, magnificent, beautiful, that God you know, wants to put in the trophy room of heaven. And yet so often we're so distracted by just the thing, you know, it's like, that's why it's so, it's so frustrating when I find myself distracted by something like, oh, you know, something happened. I didn't have enough. Should I buy this, you know, this thing or not? And I don't know what to do. And I spend any time worrying about it at all. Right. Instead of just knowing, instead of flowing, instead of following the Holy Spirit and, and learning to be close with him and let him open the doors. And, you know, God will tell you to do things that are hard for you sometimes. So what? So what? When you do them, it's a blessing. It works out. Sometimes you'll have you walk things out that are so hard and you'll think, what? But so what? On the other side is blessing. He hasn't forgotten about you. What, what Jesus has done through salvation, he's opened the door into eternity. And when you have the door to eternity open, then that eternity starts flowing into your life right then. That's what it means to be blessed in, in, in the, you, know, you know, through all, all these uh, in the, from the heavenlies. That's what Jesus did. He's bridged that gap we couldn't go for. And as we enter into eternity now, being saved now, walking in salvation now, as we spend that time in him, we learn from him. Remember he said, learn from him. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Glory to God. What is that? It means that when you step into his way, his flow is easy. It comes to you. You don't have to labor for it. It's just there. You just do the things you're called to do. And sometimes, again, it'll, it'll be, there'll be opposition, be things against you, but praise the Lord. <sighs> praise the Lord. I know I got to close. Let me just say this real quick. Let me pull this up. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, verse 10. Well, I'm not going to see you for a while, right? Unless you come to Tuesday night, and then I'll see you Tuesday night. Praise the Lord. But if you don't, then I won't see you for a while. And so I, I want to make sure that, I, you know, you know I, I say everything I need to say. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, people, so often we hear this at funerals and stuff like this, and it's so funny because it has absolutely nothing to do with dying. This has everything to do with living. Amen? God has prepared things for those who love him. He's prepared them here. In case you didn't believe me, let's go to verse 10. <clears throat> For to us God has uh, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit, Spirit, the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. God wants to reveal to us what He has for us, but we need to get to that place where we understand that it's only found in Him. It's not found somewhere else. It's not external from God. It's not just this this path we walk. You know, my wife was saying it. I've been on it too for a long time, but it's the truth. Life, eternal life starts today. It starts right now. Today is the day of salvation. Be saved today. Walk in it today. Walk in what God has for you to walk in today and trust him as you do it. See, the more that we lean towards and hunger and thirst for the things of God, the more we learn to trust him and the more we learn to trust, then peace invades our life. It fills our life. It oozes out of us. And that's what draws the world to us. Amen?